Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis. You can find me ScoutFantasySports.com. I'm here until 8 p.m. Eastern as we get you set. For the first week of the fantasy football playoffs in most league as we get down towards the end and a lot going on. It's never quiet. More injury news by the day. We'll get to that in just a little bit. You can find all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. I have a look at the stock watch for this week. Players that are moving up the rankings, players that are moving down, and the reasons why. We have our week 14 projections up on the site. Dr. Roto has his week 14 waiver wire. Of course, I have my waiver wire article for Monday and the fab guide as well. So that's important as you hit the waiver wire tonight. Obviously, some people had the waiver wire run last night. But if you didn't check it out, read it now just in case. You know, you don't want to let anything slip by you. This is a very important time. and You got to make sure you make the critical decisions, make the uh, right moves here. So. Very key that you uh, have all the information at your disposal and make the right choice. So uh, make sure you check out all that at ScoutFantasySports.com right now. Uh, we answer your questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want. Actually, been getting quite a few Dynasty Fantasy Baseball questions lately. So whatever it is, whether it's baseball, basketball, or football, and obviously a ton of football questions right now as uh, people are gearing up for the playoffs, uh, getting their right up ready for 15 and 16 if you have a buy. But whatever it is, we have you covered. Uh, we just want to make sure that you guys win those championships, or at least we put you in position to win those fantasy football championships. We also have you covered at ScoutDFS.com with NHL, NFL DFS, including an optimizer that's been really good. It's based and powered by the RDA projections, which last week it told you to play Travis Kelsey and – you know, you'd say, oh, well, that's easy. Well, not everyone was going to recommend paying up $7,000 for Travis Kelsey on DraftKings. And if you did, it worked out in a big way. Obviously, we've seen a lot of cheap tight ends, and oftentimes they don't hit. You know, if you paid all the way down for Matt Lacoste last week at 2500 he got you a zero. Eric Ebron was someone I liked a lot, and he did come through, but Travis Kelsey doubled his production. So that's one of the advantages of kind of using that optimizer. If it keeps telling you something, you want to – be alert to it, and especially if you put in multiple lineups, uh, hopefully you had Kelsey in the majority of them because it certainly worked out in a big way. It also had Chris Godwin and Curtis Samuel, both guys at 3,900, delivering in a big way. So make sure you get over there and take a look at the optimizer, the Scout Stacks tool. Plenty of different things to help you win money. And I've always said this, you know, you sign up, whatever you do, monthly, seasonal, you're going to make that money back pretty quick, quickly, depending on how much money, obviously, you put in. And, of course, NBA DFS. And, again, as I mentioned, there was a lot of breaking news tonight. And uh, I always check the optimizer to see how quick because 
whenever I recommend something, I want to make sure it works. Uh, anyone who has followed me over the years know that I don't really talk a lot of crap. You know, if, if I say it, I mean it. And that thing works immediately. Uh, with the big news we were waiting on tonight was obviously uh, Nikola Miritich. He's out, so that means Julius Randle, Anthony Davis become great starts, even Drew Holiday. Of course, we found out earlier in the day John Wall was out, so that opened up a ton of value for the uh, Washington Wizards. And several are in play tonight, obviously. Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, Austin Rivers, Tom Sadoransky. Uh, even Jeff Green is out, so maybe a Kelly Oubre. So, you know, if cash games, you're probably playing three to four Wizards tonight. Uh, and obviously, lineup locked on Fandle. With DraftKings, you could still make changes. So, uh, and also Dennis Smith is out for the Mavericks. So, to me, that gives a little bit of a boost to J.J. Barea. So, you know, that's why you have to pay attention. And, you know, if you're busy and you can't follow all the news, it's where the optimizer comes into play. You just kind of hit refresh as you get closer to the lineup lock, and it's going to make all the changes for you. So I recommend that, you know, for people who are new to NBA DFS. And trust me, you're going to get addicted. You're going to want to play all the time. It's a lot of fun. Is it time-consuming? Yes. Is it going to be frustrating? Sure. I think on Monday it was where Miritich wasn't announced with the illness until after lineup lock at 7 p.m. Eastern. So on FanDuel, you know, you were kind of stuck if you used them. Obviously, in DraftKings, you have the ability to late swap for any game that hasn't started, and I was able to do that and get Julius Randle in there and help me cash. So we got all the tools that you need at scoutdfs.com and, of course, vegaswhispers.com for all your betting needs as uh, college picks just went up uh, – uh, in the last half hour, there were four bets for tonight. And once you become a member, you get a private Twitter feed uh, that will you can set up on your phone and get all the alerts. We'll have uh, Fantasy Taz. You know him as Jim Day also. He will be coming up for the final two segments as we'll talk football with him. But let's get to the top news of the day. And once again, an absolutely devastating injury in real life and for fantasy. But Emmanuel Sanders, the Broncos wide receiver, he has a torn Achilles, an MRI, just confirmed it. So now you got to wonder if he's going to even be ready for next year. Probably he'll open the season on the pup list. Uh, he's entering a contract year. And actually the Broncos can save $10.2 million if they release Sanders in the offseason. But the injury means that he'll be there in Denver. But big news here. I mean, we just kept getting big injuries over the last couple weeks. You know, it was James Conner was ruled out already this week. Matt Breida ruled out. And now Emmanuel Sanders, and it's also tough for those leagues where you can't make waiver wire moves in the playoffs. You know, a lot of the high-stakes leagues and the GST league that we talk about with Chris Figueroa often that I'm in, uh, where I'm the number one seed going in the playoffs, you, you can't make any moves. So, you know, you get a couple of injuries and you don't have enough bench depth, you're in trouble. Now, that is, uh, these leagues that I'm referring to have 20 roster spots. So, hopefully you have enough, but still, you know, if you're in a competitive league, it's hard to replace a guy like an Emmanuel Sanders who has been pretty good this year. 71 receptions, 868 yards, and four touchdowns. Coming up a down week in a great matchup. But Denver didn't need to throw the ball much against the Bengals. They were in control. Uh, Sanders had four for 19. But the week before against Pittsburgh, seven for 86 and a touchdown. He's pretty much been giving you close to double-digit points in PPR formats every single week. So big loss here for fantasy owners. Obviously, Cortland Sutlin will take on a bigger role. He's been a little bit of a disappointment so far. We talked about him last week, and I said, if he doesn't come through last week in DFS, I'd be done with him because I thought he was a good tournament play. And he did come through four for 85 and a touchdown on seven targets against the Bengals in that good matchup. They play the 49ers this week. 
So he's going to take on a bigger role. The seven targets were a season high. So you, you should see him get seven to nine most weeks. And the other guy who I think will benefit will be Deshaun Hamilton, the rookie out of Penn State. You'll see Tim Patrick on the field a little bit too, but I think they'll use Hamilton in the slot. Still, I think he's more reserved for deep leagues, 14-team leagues or more. Uh, we haven't seen him a lot. He's definitely talented. I was looking forward to him getting a shot, but he had some injuries. Uh, didn't get much playing time early in the year. But he did play 47 snaps last week, did not get a target. The week before, he played 29 snaps, had one catch for 13 yards. So we really haven't seen much of him. So not someone that you can deploy in your starting lineup this week in season long. But in a deeper format, you could put him on the bench in case he does have a big role this week. The other factor that I'm a little bit concerned about here with this Broncos passing offense is they got a very favorable schedule. Now we'll see. They lost Chris Harris on defense. But Case Keenum just hasn't passed the ball much the last two weeks. You know, he was in good spots, but Denver was playing from ahead in both games. Uh, 28 pass attempts in Week 12 against Pittsburgh, and lastly, just 21 pass attempts against the Bengals. So, yes, it looked like a great spot, horrible defense, but they played from ahead, had the lead, and they didn't ask Case Keenum to do too much, which is probably going to be the plan going forward. And in a game against San Francisco this week, if it goes to form, you might see the same thing happen as Keenum has been held under 200 passing yards over the last couple games. But this is definitely a big loss for fantasy and for the Broncos and their playoff hopes. They were in good shape. The schedule is very favorable for them, but losing Emmanuel Sanders definitely is a problem for the Denver Broncos. Jalen Samuels said today, this is from him, that he's going to be the starting running back this week against the Raiders. But he said Stephen Ridley is expected to get the second series, and they will rotate throughout the game. Now, this is a player talking. We'll see if this happens. We did hear Mike Tomlin say, you know, we'll see how practice goes this week. Obviously, Samuels looks like the better pass-catching option in this backfield. But we might see Stephen Ridley, especially in the other goal line. It also could be a hot hand. You know, Samuels can get that first series, go out there and look great. And the Steelers say, you know what? He's running well. We'll stick with it. So it's a lot of... Unclear. It's it's not clear here what's going to happen. So that's why it's been really difficult to kind of pencil in and figure out where Samuels is and who you're playing him over this week. And I've always said this: you got to wait till late in the week. You know, a lot of questions today about who to start. And I understand you guys are anxious, you're excited. The playoffs are here. You want to get this right. But we're here all weekend. So let's see how practice goes the rest of the week. You know, obviously, if you have a decision to make involving players tomorrow, that's different. But really, Leonard Fournette, you're, you're locking him in your lineup. Obviously, he's going to get a big workload. And you really don't feel good about the Titans running backs right now. Jacksonville's defense came to play and showed the form of last year, last week. And we've seen Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry kind of splitting and not doing great lately. So you shouldn't really have any decisions to make tomorrow. If it's Fournette, you're getting Fournette in there. Lock him in. But Samuels, I still think we kind of have to wait and see. I did get Samuels in a Yahoo League. And I typically don't play in Yahoo Leagues, but... It was, the league was set up there, so I was able to get Jalen Samuels. And obviously, if you didn't know already, Samuels has eligibility at tight end on Yahoo. So I am putting him in to the tight end spot, obviously. But uh, I do think you'll see Ridley in the mix as well. Still think Jalen Samuels is definitely someone, if your waivers hasn't run yet, that you definitely want to pick up because we could see James Cotter miss a, a good period of time here. You know, it looks looks like it's a high ankle sprain. I don't think that's officially been said, but you could see Connor miss multiple weeks and you want a piece of the Steelers offense. Uh, it looked like earlier today that Doug Martin, there was a report that he might not play. 
But then there was a report that just came out a little while ago. Michael Gilkin of the Las Vegas Review-Journal said that Martin should be good to go for this week. Obviously, the Raiders signed C.J. Anderson yesterday, and we thought that might have been an insurance policy. But it looks like Doug Martin should be good to go this week against the Steelers, who are desperate for a win this week after that terrible loss on Sunday night against the Chargers. Joe Flacco was limited at practice today. They said he did more, but he's still not cleared for a full practice. So we're looking at Lamar Jackson starting again this week. Now, the Ravens haven't announced it yet, but all indications are that Jackson will probably get the start against the Chiefs. Obviously, Jackson has provided a high rushing floor every week. Still needs a little bit more refinement as a passer, but Kansas City's defense hasn't been great lately. Uh, so I think Jackson is definitely in the conversation to start at quarterback this week. I will be using him in a super flex league, and I will be using him in a league where I start one quarterback because uh, right now he is my best option, just hoping that uh, he is officially named the starter. Melvin Gordon still not practicing. I don't think he plays this week. I think he could be back for week 15 because the Chargers have a Thursday night game against the Chiefs. And that's a big game. You know, Chargers still have a shot to win this division if they're able to win this week. And even if the Chiefs win, they go into that game one game behind the Chiefs. And if they win, they'd be tied for first. They already lost to the Chiefs earlier this season. Mitch Trubisky is practicing in full. So it sounds like he's going to be good to go this week against the Rams. Uh, obviously, the Bears could use him back after losing last week to the Giants. Trubisky uh, and the Bears still in first place in the division. And, uh, not a bad matchup here as the Rams have been vulnerable on the defensive side of the football, and they just haven't been able to get the running game going with Jordan Howard. You've seen uh, Tariq Cohen get some touches, but more involved in the passing game. Cam Newton was limited in practice with a shoulder injury. If you remember, we talked about it on Monday. Cam Newton was pulled the final play of the game last week as Taylor Henneke got the opportunity to throw a Hail Mary pass because Newton's been bothered by this shoulder. So they're saying that he's not in danger of sitting, but I've already been getting questions. So I think there's a little concern for Newton for this week. You know, he's someone that just has a high floor every week with his ability to run, but he definitely did not look good making some passes last week. So right now I'm not going to downgrade him too much yet, but I think you do want to have a backup just in case. And I'm sure a lot of teams do at this point, but, you know, you might be in a scenario because I, I see it. Uh, I see someone in the playoffs in a, my 14-team league, and uh, they don't have a backup for Cam Newton. See, I, I wouldn't do that. Uh, I'd definitely be looking for a backup just in case uh, we find some find out some negative news here later in the week. But for now, it looks like he's okay. Michael Thomas did not practice today with an ankle injury. Haven't really seen anything that shows it to be serious. We've seen a lot of veterans get rest, so I wouldn't worry about that yet. Kerryon Johnson still not practicing. I don't think he plays this week, and he might be done for the year. What's the point of the Lions rushing him back at this point? They know that he is their running back going into next year. No need to risk him. Evan Ingram was back today, a limited practice. First time he's practiced since he hurt that hamstring in Week 12 in warm-ups. I don't see how you can trust Evan Ingram anyway in a playoff week, even if he does go because he just hasn't been very good. Uh, the Giants offense has not been able to feature a lot of uh, fantasy value in this offense outside of Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham. So uh, I would not be playing Ingram even if he does go. Sammy Watkins was limited at practice today. So that's at least good news there. 
But again, the Chiefs are in a good spot. Not an easy game this week against the Ravens. It's going to be an interesting uh, matchup with the Ravens defense playing very well. But they need to make sure that Watkins is healthy for the playoffs. Deonta Foreman is practicing in full this week. Not a lock that he plays this week, and he could be a healthy and active. But I can't see him having a major role with Lamar Miller playing well and then mixing in Alfred Blue. Maybe he passes Alfred Blue, but not someone that uh, you have to have. It sounds like Sam Darnold is going to be the quarterback this week against the Bills. He's practicing in full. I like the Bills' defense this week as a streamer already picked him up in a league. Deshaun Jackson was at practice today, but not catching passes. So this is the same thing that happened last week. Obviously, there's a report also that Jackson could get shut down. This would be huge news for Chris Godwin. They do have some tough matchups upcoming, but still, Godwin played 80% of the snaps last week, a season high, and he has at least 90 yards in the three games that Deshaun Jackson has missed going back to last year. The Redskins placed Trey Quinn on injured reserve, so his season is over. He had that ankle injury. Uh, he was inactive last week. He was the last pick of the draft last year. And for you IDP guys, the Giants place Landon Collins on injured reserve, so his season is over, and you're going to want to get a replacement as a DB in your IDP league. When we return, we join by Fantasy Taz, also known as Jim Day. We'll talk some Week 14 with him here on Scout Fantasy Sports. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. And you can check me out at ScoutFantasySports.com. Got the Week 14 stock watch up. Players rising up the rankings. Players falling up the ranking. Our Week 14 projections are there. Dr. Odo's Week 14 wire in addition to his podcast. And you can ask your questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want. As we help you make those critical decisions here as the fantasy football playoffs approach. And you can check us out if you play in DFS, scoutdfs.com. If you cover NHL, NBA, NFL, as well as optimizers to help you make those sharp decisions. And helping us make some good decisions here in week 14. It is Fantasy Taz, a.k.a. Jim Day. Taz, what's up? Hey, Adam. How you doing tonight? And uh, happy week 14th, huh? Crazy. Man, I say year. it. Maybe I say it every year and every week, but we I, all do. I, I just can't believe how quickly this season has gone. I really feels like I was in Vegas drafting like a month ago, and it was three months ago, and the season is almost over. I mean, I know we have DFS, and we got the there are fantasy playoff contests. Uh, we do them at the Fantasy Football World Championships, and I'm sure you participate in them. But it's just crazy that we're already in the fantasy football playoffs. It really is. Uh, it's just hard to believe it. And we do say it every year. I mean, we have so much time before the season starts to talk over everybody and, you know, figure out everybody. And then once the season hits, it seems like it just flies right past us. Is that what happens? Because everyone says this. As you get older, the years fly by quicker. And I feel like that's the case. Every year I'm like, wow, it's 2018's gone already? 
Is that the case? You're a little bit older yeah. than me, so do, do you feel that way? I absolutely feel that way. I'm still waiting for flying cars, though. Oh, uh, they'll be here soon. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the big news of the day. Uh, it's like you can't go anywhere. I'm in the dentist's office. You know, I'm, I'm usually on top of things. I'm in the dentist's office, so can't check my phone regularly. I, I go and I check it, and I see the Emmanuel Sanders news. I'm like, oh, man. So it's been confirmed now after an MRI, a torn Achilles. Who benefits? You know, everyone loves Cortland Sutton. They thought he'd be a, a big difference maker with Demarius Thomas traded. He hasn't been. Had the big game last week. But what do you see here with the Denver wide receivers now that Sanders is out for the season? Well, Cortland Sutton's really going to get put to the fire here. And there's no doubt about it. He's the, the new number one. He's going to go be going against the top defensive packs mostly leagues. And we'll see what he's really made of. I actually like – I want to see what, what goes on with Deshaun Hamilton myself. Uh, I've I liked this kid coming in. I, I think he has more natural talent than Sutton does, uh, at least route running, things like that. He's not, you know, the greatest athlete on the team, but he's such a steady performer and, you know, rock solid. I'd really love to see what he can do with more time. Yeah, I am interested, too. I had thought about adding him a couple weeks ago in leagues where the waiver wire closed in those 20 roster spot leagues. I didn't. I still think, Maybe you can add him in a deeper format, but can you risk him this week without knowing, right? Yeah. No, (laughs) absolutely not. (laughs) This is more for future reference than anything. There's no way I'm picking him up and putting him in my lineup. Heck, I don't feel that strongly about starting Sutton. Yeah, my concern with uh, Denver, and I I said it before, is, you know, they've been playing from ahead, running the ball. Obviously, Philip Lindsay's been great. We even saw Freeman get 12 carries last week. Keenum only put the ball in the air 21 times the week before 28. Now, those are two games they played from ahead, and they might be able to do that, you would think, this week against San Francisco. So that's kind of what's hurting the passing game. I mean, people were using Matt Lacoste last week as a streamer in DFS, and he had no targets. Yeah, everybody was talking about Matt Lacoste last week, but it may actually, you know, it might have been one of those rules where you were one week too early. Uh, I think with, uh, with Sanders out now, he might come into play in this one. You know, San Fran's done a decent job against tight ends, but I don't think it matters. I think Lacoste should get a few targets in this one and might come into play. We we know the tight end position this year has been abysmal. Yeah, it really has. It's been atrocious. We're talking to Fantasy Taz, a.k.a. Jim Day. Now, the other situation that we have to keep an eye on is what happens in Pittsburgh in this backfield. Jalen Samuels came out today and said that he was going to start and then rotate series with Stephen Ridley. Now, we don't know if that is confirmed. We could see a hot hand play out during the game. But a lot of people were putting Jalen Samuels as the top waiver wire pickup of the week at running back. If your waiver still has a run, do you feel that way? Or could you see Jeff Wilson, Justin Jackson ahead of him? And what's your outlook here for the Pittsburgh backfield this week? Yeah, I'm a little confused. I mean, I do think they're going to get Ridley involved. I'm just not sure how at this point. But the good thing is that Samuel should be more involved in the passing game. So in PPR leagues, he's definitely the one you want to own of the two. But don't be surprised if Ridley is all of a sudden stealing goal line carries, stuff like that, and taking those chances away from Samuel. The, the interesting thing with Samuel is if you play in Yahoo, you can use him in the tight end position. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. I don't think it's right. I actually... Play in two Yahoo leagues. They're only for fun. They're not for money. It's not, I didn't set them up there. That's just wh- whoever set up the leagues did. Yeah, I play in one. I can't. I don't like it. 
Yeah, I mean, I just the, they do the same in other sports too, with baseball and basketball, where you have these guys that are eligible at positions that they. I think it was last year. I know you're not a baseball guy, but I think it was last year they had Kyle Schwarber at catcher. He didn't catch for like two years, and he spent the year sidelined. So it's like, okay, I know he was a catcher before, but he wasn't the previous year. And it's the same thing with Jalen Samuels. I mean, he hasn't played tight end in the NFL. I understand he was a tight end at the combine, but it's just a huge advantage for the team that has him now I was fortunate to pick him up in a league and I'm using him at tight end this week because my I had a uh, Jared Cook and, J- and Jordan Reed so I'm gonna put Samuels in that spot you know even if he only gets 10 touches uh, I like my chances and if he's going to be the pass catching back and if you expect Ben to maybe pass a little bit more you know he could get four or five receptions and if he gets a touchdown he's outscoring most tight ends yeah I, I I'm not a big fan of it uh, like you said he hasn't done it in the NFL at all, the drafted isn't a running back. He's been listed as a running back. You know, it's just uh, I'm not a big fan of this. I, but I, it's not like I can get upset at people who put him there at tight end because the league is allowing me to. So you know, it's on them. It's not on the players that actually do it. I've seen a lot of people tweeting that, oh, you shouldn't do this. You know, even if the league lets you, you shouldn't do this. And you know what? Sorry, that that's the if the league rules that way, you, you take all advantage you can that the league gives you. So I can't fault anybody for putting him in a tight end. I, I just think it's totally wrong. It is. And, you know, like you said, I totally agree with you. It's within the rules. Now, I think I saw people complaining, say they need to change it. And i am always been a proponent. And you're a commissioner of a lot of leagues, so I want to get your thoughts on this too. I don't think you could change any rules during the season. You just can't. Because there might have been people two, three weeks ago, as they geared up for the playoffs and the buys start to wither away, and they had James Conner, and they said, you know what? Jalen Samuelson is the backup. Wow, he's tight end. I got to grab him right now. So someone made an anticipation move with the tight end position probably in mind, or at least it added incentive to Adam. And I don't think you can make that change right now in the middle of the season. How do you feel as someone who's been a commissioner of many leagues? No, you absolutely can't make that change in midseason. No, no doubt about it. Um, you know, it, it's – there's no way I make any change once a, a regular season game has started, and that's week one. First game, first week. Once that game has started, no more rules can change for the entire season. Um, you know, unless it's something so drastically, you know, out there that everybody in the league votes to change it at the same time, there's nothing that can be changed. I agree. Talking to Fantasy Taz as we get set here for week 14. Corey Davis has been a roller coaster this year. He's had some big games and he's had some quiet games. I think a lot of it does have to do with Marcus Mariota not being healthy. Mariota is healthy now. We've seen Corey Davis now score a touchdown in two straight games. The target volume has gone down a little bit, but this week he's going up against Jacksonville. Probably going to see a lot of Jalen Ramsey. The last time he faced Jacksonville, week three, I think Mariota was banked up in that game, though, too. Two catches, 34 yards. Uh, how do you feel about Corey Davis this week? Man, I have a hard time with Corey Davis in week 14. Um, like you said, he's been so up and down. He's had some great games. He scored three out of the last four games, which is nice. But that one game he didn't score, he only caught two passes for 30 yards. So hard to see which one you're going to get. And he is going against you know, a Jacksonville team that just shut down Andrew Luck last week completely. I mean, they got zero points against him. Um, you know, I, I just don't know if I could trust – Corey Davis in the first week of the playoffs based on that. And like you said, the targets, you know, which were really good for most of the season last couple of weeks have really gone down for him. So it, it, 
you know, all of that together makes it very hard for me to trust. Speaking of Andrew Luck, I mean, to me, that was shocking last week. I know Jacksonville's defense has not been what it was last year, but he had eight straight games of at least three touchdowns. For him to go out there and not throw a touchdown was very surprising. And then this week, Luck goes against the Texans, and we've seen how well the Texans have played winning nine in a row. But if you look at who they played, they really haven't played any big teams. And the last time Andrew Luck faced the Texans early in the year, he threw for 464 yards and four touchdowns. Now, a lot has changed for both teams since then. But would you have confidence going back to Andrew Luck this week, or do you think that Texans defense is going to give him a problem? No, I definitely have no problem going back to Andrew Luck. Last week, the Jaguars came up with a great game plan, played it well. Uh, Houston, you know, has not actually they're trending downward with their defense on the season in number 11th against quarterbacks in uh, points allowed. But over the last five weeks, they're actually number 19. And that, you know, that's not against the greatest teams out there. You're talking Cleveland, Tennessee, Washington, and Denver in those five weeks. They had a bye included. So, you know, they've trended downward over those games. I think Andrew Luck's going to pick them apart, even in Houston. Yeah, and he might be low-owned this week, too, in DFS, if you're looking at that, because I think a lot of people are going to look and see what he did last week, see the Texans on the slate, and say, no, I don't want to start him. So keep that in mind. We'll be talking a lot more DFS uh, later in the week. Cam Newton, I'm starting to get questions on him. Obviously, it seems like he has some type of shoulder issue. He did not uh, throw a pass on the final play of the game of Hail Mary. They took him out, and Cam said he's okay, that he's going to be able to play through it. It's a big week for fantasy teams, and Cam Newton has pretty much produced almost every single week because of his rushing ability. It's only Wednesday, so I think maybe we'll get more here over the next couple days. But if you have Cam Newton right now, uh, are you worried about him going into this critical weekend? No, I'm not. Uh, look, the shoulder was hurting him last week. Why make the Hail Mary when you got a backup who can throw the ball that far? And that's exactly what they did. People are just reading too much into it. And, you know, I'm not worried. If he doesn't practice Friday, maybe I start to get concerned. But I'm not worried about him not practicing on a Wednesday because Wednesday is usually a day off for guys that are hurt anyway. So that doesn't bother me. Uh, you know, at this point, he didn't practice, so he's got to have to be listed as questionable, yada, yada, yada. Same thing every week. But, no, from everything I've seen, every everybody that I've talked to, it looks like he'll be a full goal this week against the Cleveland defense that is having a hard time uh, against the pass. You know, 22nd on the year, but 29th over the last five weeks. Uh, just I love him in this matchup. Yeah, and as bad as the Panthers have been losing four in a row, they are still – in the playoff hunt in the NFC. So they are not out of it just yet. Uh, Curtis Samuel has really come on for the Panthers, even with Devin Funches back last week. And I know Funches was limited with that back. He did score a touchdown. But Curtis Samuel played the second most snaps, uh, like about 25 ahead of Funches and slightly behind DJ Moore. And he had a season high in 11 targets, six receptions for 88 yards, at least seven targets now in two of the last three games. Has Samuel become someone that we can rely upon as maybe a wide receiver three in PPR formats? In the playoffs? No. Yeah. No? <laughs> no. Uh, look, it, it, rookie wide receiver syndrome. They have good games. They have too many bad games in between. Coming into week 14, like you said, he, he's he's had at least seven in two out of the last three weeks. But the third week, he only had two. Now, luckily, he was able to put one of them into the end zone. And then he had a 25-yard run. So he got you double-digit fantasy points, which is good for that. And I like the fact that they get him in you know, the running game once in a while. 
But, you know, rookie wide receiver syndrome, very hard to trust at this point. Uh, I mean, if you absolutely have to, I'm not going to say no, but uh, I don't know if I could trust him in, in the playoffs with that just up and down currency that you have with rookie wide receivers. I don't know if you've gotten these questions yet, and I'm sure I'm going to get a couple this week. But Patrick Mahomes going against that Baltimore defense. Everyone saw what they did last week against Atlanta. And Mahomes has faced a, two tough passing games this year, Jacksonville and Arizona, and he wasn't a QB1. I run Mahomes out there every week. I don't care the matchups, but I think there are going to be people who overanalyze it. You know this when you get the questions. Is there any way that you sit Mahomes this week for a better quarterback and a better matchup, or you just keep rolling him out there? Oh, keep rolling him out there. Look, I, I, I lost all doubts about Pat Mahomes way back early in the season when he was getting rushed and running around like crazy, and he just switched balls from the right to the left hand and threw that left-handed pass. I was it. That was it for me. <laughs> as soon as he said that, I said, boy, this guy's going to do anything he can to win. And uh, he just does. He's having an amazing season, and I don't care who he faces. Look, you may get burned every once in a while, but he hasn't put up less than 20 fantasy points all year. Did he? Uh, what about the Jacksonville game? Oh, he had a rushing uh, touchdown. But- he had no yeah, touchdown. He had rushing touch, right. He had, and he had, he had touchdown. 313 passing yards. yards. Yeah. yeah. So he ended up with 20 fantasy points. It, it, you know, every league has different scoring, but right. a, basically a standard type quarterback, you know, a, a point for every 20 or 25 yards, either way it works uh, for your league. He got you close to 20 points, if not more. Guy has 43 total touchdowns this year, 41 <laughs> passing, two on the ground. Amazing season. Is he the MVP right now? Uh, you have to be discussing him that way. I mean, I know a lot of people were talking about Drew Brees and then he got stomped on by Dallas and, you know, everybody started talking about luck and, you know, him keeping Indy in the, in the hunt and the way he was playing and he got stomped on, you know, uh, I, I think there's a lot of good choices this year. I mean, really in reality, people should be talking about Todd Gurley too, uh, with the season he's had just incredible. So right now, I mean, there are a lot of good choices, but Mahomes absolutely has to be in that mix. He is having an outstanding first year. And look, he's only he's got 41 touchdowns, only 10 interceptions. Uh, and, you know, everybody thought he was going to be the gunslinger come out. Yeah, he'll get a couple of you know touchdowns, but he's also going to throw you know quite a few interceptions. This kid is playing far beyond anybody what anybody thought he would do. Spencer Ware was a disappointment last week. I mean, he did score a touchdown, but I think people were expecting more against the Raiders. Does it get better for him? Obviously, this week it's a very difficult matchup, uh, you know, against Baltimore, who has stopped the run. We did see Damian Williams involved. Uh, Were the expectations too high for Ware, or will he be fine after this week's matchup? You know, I I was one of those who had the high expectations. I thought he'd go out and get a lot of the work, but we did see Damian Williams involved, and now they went – and signed Sharkhandrick West, who, you know, the team knows, and he knows the team, he knows the offense. So, you know, you get another piece of the puzzle there. And Andy Reid has come out and said he wants to use a committee. So that doesn't really help any of us. <laughs> so I don't know if you can really have a lot of faith in where. I mean, luckily he got that touchdown. If he doesn't get that touchdown, you're, you're left hanging high and dry like so many other top players left us last week. Yeah, and certainly a difficult matchup for Ware this week against the Ravens, who have been pretty good against the run. Just ask Tevin Coleman. He can tell you what happened last week. Lots more ahead as we get you set for week 14. Some burning questions that Jim Day, Fantasy Taz, will answer as we continue. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fancy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Timing. Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adaronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. You can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. We got your week 14 projections up. My week 14 stock watch, Dr. Roto's waiver wire Wednesday. And get your questions in on the message boards and the forums. Myself, Dr. Roto, Sean Childs, we are answering them day and night to help get you set. A lot of questions coming in today. People panicking. Emmanuel Sanders, don't worry, we have you covered, of course. This is part of fantasy. You're going to have injuries. There's always someone to step up and replace them. You never give up. And I think week 13 taught us anything could happen. It was a crazy week with so many people scoring. So if you survived that week and got in the playoffs, you know anything is possible. Talking to Fantasy Taz as we get set here for week 14. Yo, Taz, I had Tom Brady in my sit column last week, man. I think a lot of people look at names at this point of the year and they kind of roll with the guys that got him here. Now, Brady did have a good passing day in terms of yardage, but, man, he has not been a quarterback one for several weeks. I think, if I'm not mistaken, going back to, to week seven, uh, he had one touchdown last week. He's had two touchdowns or fewer in five straight games. In fact, in four of his last five games, he has one passing touchdown or fewer. They have struggled in Miami. Is Tom Brady a lock for your lineup this week, or could you see playing a lot of quarterbacks over him? Oh, I, I have quite a few quarterbacks over him. Look, we, we can say the same thing for quite a few of what we consider the standard quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers hasn't been anywhere near what he's been in the past. I mean, he's still hanging on to QB1, but it's not like you can count on him every single week. Last two weeks, he hasn't even scored 20 fantasy points. So, you know, you got guys like that. You got Matt Stafford, who shouldn't even be on fantasy teams. Oh. Yet I still get questions every week. Should I start Stafford or this guy? I'm like... Why the heck are you still holding on to Stafford? Get rid of the bump. <laughs> He's not doing anything at this point. You know, it's like uh, everybody sees that name, and, you know, they just want to hang on to that name. you got to look at the numbers. I'll tell you the truth. I mean, I right now, Brady is at a point where I am seriously considering starting Josh Allen over him this week. You know, Allen's very interesting. Uh, I had this discussion yesterday with Christopher Carroll because if you look at what he's done the last couple weeks, it's been unbelievable. We know he has a great matchup against the Jets this week. You know, everyone talks about Lamar Jackson, but Allen is running just as much, if not more, and he, he's passing a little bit more. Two touchdowns last week in the air against Miami, 135 rushing yards. Do you have enough confidence, though? This is a big week. We've also we've seen the highs of Allen, but we've seen some games where he's just sucked. I mean, I know it was all the way back in week six, and it was Houston, but 84 passing yards, 20 rushing yards. Uh, I know it's later in the year. He has a little bit more experience. They finally got rid of Kelvin Benjamin. It was a waste of space. But do you, could you see yourself realistically playing Josh Allen this week over a Tom Brady? 
Well, that's what I said. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not quite sure if I have the gonads enough to make that that pull. Look, if I know he's going to run for 100 yards, I might very well do it. Because against the Jets, he should be able to put up 200 yards and score at least one touchdown. So if I if I really felt certain he'd keep running, then I probably would. But there is a concern that he doesn't. I mean, I, I've loved what we've seen out in the last two weeks, no doubt. Uh, you know, two, what, 234 yards the last two weeks and a rushing touchdown to go. So last two weeks, he, he scored, you know, two touchdowns in each game uh, against the Jaguars in week 12 and then the Dolphins last week in Miami, which is their pretty good defense at home. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't see the Jets really stopping him a lot, but there is concern on whether or not he, he will run as much. But, look, when you, you're dealing with the wide receivers, he is, you know, Zay Jones, who had a good game last week, no doubt. But Robert Foster is, what, the number two at this point? You're really not looking at a whole slew of really top talented wide receivers there. So it may end up him running a lot. But, man, week 14, having to win and move on, I'm not sure I'm that ballsy. I'm close. I'm close. (laughs) I saw a – I forgot which reporter tweeted out today saying that there should be interest in Kelvin Benjamin from quite a few teams. Really? Like, who would want this guy at this point? Ooh, I I don't know. The new XFL, maybe? (laughs) There you go. That's a good spot for him. Or the AAF, you know, AFF, whichever one it is that starts in January. You know, one of those, maybe, absolutely. In the NFL, and I can't see it. He doesn't – from everything we read and hear, he, he doesn't like to practice. He doesn't want to put in effort in practice. And it shows on the field. I mean, last week he, he got a pass thrown to him, and it, it looked like he was surprised the ball was coming at him. Yeah, in the end zone, right? Yeah. I, I like, was like, really? Hello? He can't catch that? Like, oh, man. It's amazing. So, yeah, it, it was it was time. He needed to go and, you know, give some of these young kids a better chance and to see if they could develop. I mean, it's only second year for Zay. I mean, he had a real terrible rookie year, but we've seen that before, and guys bounce back. So maybe Zay, it's his turn to start bouncing back, but I don't know if I trust any of that. (laughs) Talking of fantasy, Taz, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. Very interesting scenario with him this week. They were absolutely horrific last week, and they have been most of the year. I mean, losing at home to Arizona was just the final straw, obviously, with McCarthy gone. Now – what happens this week? Do, do you see Rodgers fired up, pumped up? Does the team get this spark because McCarthy's gone and now they feel liberated? Or are they just not that good and it doesn't matter that they won't produce? I think that's one of the interesting fantasy questions for this week. Which way do you see it going? Well, look, we, we know that there wasn't any you know good blood between uh, Rodgers and, and McCarthy. You know, They definitely did not get along. Rodgers was tired of McCarthy's old offense and just wasn't doing anything. So, you know, basically I, I imagine Philbin is going to turn Rodgers into a playground Rodgers. Go out there and play. Uh, you know, do whatever you think is best because it's not like Philbin has called offensive plays in anytime soon. Uh, so I don't expect him to be calling the plays. I expect him to say, hey, you know, go out there and do what you want to do. And, you know, it, I against the Falcons – I could see him coming out and having a monster game if he's just allowed to play the way he wants and get those young receivers involved. I, I think he could easily do that. Um, it, it really comes down to, you know, how much of it they just let him control by himself. I, I think the big kicker last week was we had finally just started to see Aaron Jones take control of that running back group. And then last week, all of a sudden, they end up splitting touches again. With, with Williams, who does nothing. He hasn't ever done anything. 
I it didn't make any sense to anybody in the world, and I'm pretty sure that was a big factor in one of the, why they let him go. Yeah, I think the snaps were 39-38 with Jones yeah, getting with one, the one, one snap difference. Yeah, yeah. I thought Aaron Jones was a smash play in DFS. He was 6,700. I'm like, all right, they're gonna just feed him oh, the football against Arizona. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I was like sitting there, I'm like, what is going on? Just when we, like you said, when we all thought, okay, finally, it took McCarthy 10 weeks. It's a little too late, but okay, he's going with Jones. And then we see Williams on the field quite a bit last week. It was just unbelievable. And obviously, uh, they made the decision to let him go. And it obviously cost them this season for sure. I think Sony Michelle owners were very disgusted last week because James Devlin, uh, kind of emblematic of the week last week with two rushing touchdowns. Michelle still had 17 carries. He had 21 in week 12. So when he's been on the field, you know, he usually gets 17 to 20 carries. Rex Burkhead came back, played about 17 snaps. Is there cause for concern for Michelle going forward, or would we be looking at it a different day if he was getting those rushing touchdowns instead of Devlin? Ah, uh, see, now you're talking about the guy who leads the group of conspirists, uh, Bill Belichick. He hates fantasy football. He knew it was week 13 for fantasy footballers. And, of course, he couldn't let Michelle run those touchdowns and he had to give them to Devlin just because he hates fantasy footballers. Um, so, yeah, this is this is a big conspiracy, and that's why we saw so many unknown people have such big games last week because the teams are out to get the fantasy footballers. I really and truly believe that because otherwise it makes absolutely no sense with the season Michelle was having. Yeah, for sure. And – I, the good thing is he has a good matchup this week against Miami, but I'm sure the fantasy owners of Michelle are going to have a little trepidation this week, knowing that it could be James White. Maybe Burkhead gets the goal line carries this week, so that's always the risk that you have. With I'm Patriots not a Burkhead believer. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, I know they mix him in, but I just don't think he's going to have a, a big role in this offense. But it, it does it does worry you a little bit as a Sony Michelle owner because they, they can use Burkhead at the goal line. Yeah, but they could also use Corderell Patterson. Yeah, that is true. There you go. <laughs> uh, the Saints are Bill obviously... Belichick, the leader of the conspiracy. Yeah, the favorite of fantasy owners. Uh, the Saints are coming off a, a loss where they were handled easily by Dallas, got real physical with them. They've had 10 days of rest. Now they go on the road against Tampa. And we know Saints are not as good on the road. Tampa Bay has been playing well lately. It seems like Jameis Winston not taking as many chances. He hasn't turned it over in two games. Maybe that means he's due. But uh, what about the Buccaneers' offense? We've been relying on them. Winston's been a guy we've been using the last couple weeks. Adam Humphreys has come through. We see Chris Godwin with Deshaun Jackson out. He always puts up good numbers. But this Saints defense has played pretty well. Are you worried about using the Buccaneers this week, or do you think they'll do it, uh, be able to produce enough against the Saints? No, I absolutely think they'll be able to produce enough. I don't think they'll be able to run against the Saints, which will force Winston to continue to throw. And while Tampa Bay's defense has been playing better, um, they're not going to slow down Breeze. They're going to, you know, New Orleans is going to be so pissed after getting beat by Dallas that they're going to come out firing in this one. And, you know, I expect Tampa Bay to have to rally behind. Tampa, New Orleans defense has been playing better against the pass, but still not great. Uh, over the last five weeks, they're 26 against opposing wide receivers where they're 32nd on the season. So they, they've come up a little bit, but not big. I mean, you're still talking about a team that's given up over 2,600 yards and 17 touchdowns through the air to just to wide receivers alone. So, yeah, I, I expect Tampa to come up big in this one. I like Godwin. I like Humphreys. Humphreys has you know, really been playing well of late. You know, it's almost more like the, the one that's suspect here is Mike Evans. Yeah, 
Yeah, he had a down game again last week. You know, I was not a big Mike Evans fan coming into the yeah, year. Yeah, I never have been. I yeah, I, I just uh, – to me, he seems like he needs a lot of volume. If you look at his big years, it was a lot of volume, and I just didn't see him getting it with all the weapons that they had there in this offense this year. Well, and, and that's the problem with him. He's another one of those guys where he has, a, you know, a bunch of big games, but then he has a lot of small games where he doesn't even get you double-digit points. But if you look at the numbers at the end of the year, they look great. I mean, he's got 1,100 receiving yards, but he's, you know, five touchdowns, not the greatest. But 1,100 receiving yards, you know, would really be good. But you're looking at a guy who still has, what, five weeks, four four weeks, I think, four weeks under 10 fantasy points. And that's in the PPR league for a number one wide receiver. That's unheard of. Yeah, and, you know, he has not hit double-digit targets since week nine. You know, he's been six, seven, eight, six. Oh yeah, right. That's a good point. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was going strong up to then. The, the three before that, I think, were eleven, thirteen, and ten. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it just dropped off the table. I think those were Fitzpatrick weeks too. They might have been. Yeah. yeah. Now that I think about it, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So uh, we've seen a change a little bit there with Winston at quarterback. But it's always been that way between him and Winston. They've always been inconsistent. Yes, that is uh, for sure. What do you think of Tyler Boyd going forward now that A.J. Green is officially out for the year? Does this help or hurt him? Well, it, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I think that having Green out definitely hurts him in, you know, in the long run because now he's got to go against the top DBs. But that doesn't hurt half as much as having uh, you know, Driscoll throwing the ball to him. I think that hurts him a lot more than you know, Green. I, I know he's had you know two good weeks back-to-back here. But that was against the Browns and the Broncos. This week he goes against the Chargers. Very hard to like him against the Chargers. Yeah, Chargers playing very well right now. Speaking of the Chargers, what do you do with their running backs? You know, is it Austin Eckler or Justin Jackson this week? If you had to choose between those two, where where would you go in PPR? Oh, I'm definitely going Eckler this week. I I love this matchup for him. I I think uh, he gets highly involved in this one against Cincinnati. Just – Chargers are going to try and control it a lot. I mean, I, I expect Justin Jackson to have a decent game on the ground. He'll he'll get a lot of the early work and probably any goal line plunges if that's there. So he could easily put in a decent fantasy game too. But I expect uh, Eckler to get quite a few passes here. We're, we're talking about, uh, you know, a Cincinnati team that given up six passing touchdowns to the running back on the season as well as 13 rushing touchdowns. They are 32nd in PPR points allowed to the running back position on the season and also in the last five weeks. So they haven't made any change. I expect both of these running backs to get some love, but I definitely like Eckler this week. I'm so glad the Chargers won last week. I do hate the Steelers, but I like the Chargers, and I want to see them make a run here in the postseason. I love Phillip Rivers, and I want to see him play and potentially get to the Super Bowl. Do you think the Chargers have a shot to reach the Super Bowl this year? Hey, my my tickets in in the preseason for Super Bowl went – you know, teams that went to the Super Bowl with the Chargers and against the Rams. Nice. That, that could work out. I think. It could. I, I mean, they're finally. Look, usually it was they started off slow and then they had to really go hard at the second half of the season to, to make an attempt to get to the playoffs. Man, this year they're right in the mix and playing very well. And they could still win the division and have a shot at the one seed. As it doesn't yep. seem like that. But no. for, say they win this week and the Chiefs lose to the Ravens. Then they're tied with them, and they play week 15 Thursday night. 
and it'll be a good game. I totally agree. I mean, look, they just beat a, a good Pittsburgh team in Pittsburgh. And they were and down 23 to really seven. Good football they came back. And they're going up against a lousy Cincinnati team. So they're going to be 10 and three this week. They should. We've seen the Chargers have these letdown games before. So let's let's. I'm see not if they... believing that this week. All right, I hope so. I hope they've gotten all that those disheartening losses out of their system because we've seen it way too many times over the years. Their kickers have been Stop a problem, it. and they needed what three offsides. Did you ever see that three offsides? Yeah, really. The... That was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> uh, Jeff Wilson starting for the 49ers this week. Obviously, a hot waiver wire pickup. Looked good last week. Going against Denver this week, is he a top 15 running back this week, in your opinion? If it was anybody else, I might say yes, but Denver's pads, I mean, rushing defense has been playing outstanding. Um, they held a, you know, a red-hot mix and pretty much in check last week. He, I mean, they had 82 rushing yards, but that was about it. Uh, the, the good thing about Wilson is, is the fact I like him is that they got him right involved in the passing game as soon as he stepped on the field. Uh, you know, they didn't just let him run. They also threw the ball to him, and I like that chance. I think he gets a, a good chance this week. I, I do have – I don't have him as a running back, too, but I have him as a nice flex this week. Can you start all Sean Jeffrey right now? Oh, heck no. <laughs> <laughs> I have absolutely no faith in Alshon Jeffrey, and I have no reason why, too. This Philly offense just doesn't look like they have any clue what they're doing at this point. Some of the play calls were just so bizarre, right, in that game yeah, on Monday night? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I, I mean, I think they're seriously missing Frank Reich. <laughs> I completely agree. I thought the same thing the more I watched him, especially at Monday night game. I just couldn't believe some of the play calls. Like, there was no creativity. It's a far cry from what we saw from them last year. Yeah, absolutely not the same team. And, you know, they, they got all these weapons at wide receiver, and they're not really using them right. I mean, Tate got a little involved this past week, but he should be much better than that. And Alshon Jeffrey, I mean, he just disappeared. Yeah, he looked great when he came back from his shoulder surgery, and I was like, wow, I'm going to be wrong on him because I didn't like him going into the year because he looked really good. And, man, I, I guess since the addition of Tate, it's just uh, offense hasn't been in sync. But that's Fantasy Taz. Always enjoy talking to him. Thanks for the time, and good luck in this big week 14. Hey, thanks for having me on again, Adam. I'll talk to you soon. That wraps it up here. You can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. If you have any questions, go over there. Ask them on the message boards. I'll be back tomorrow talking some DFS. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.